welcome to Leader Stories, a show about passionate people, friends, and mentors with amazing paths, life lessons, and insights that we can all learn from. In today's episode, we have Maitri Mirvana, investor at Touchdown Ventures. Maitri started her career at a magazine shop, then switched to accounting, then to investment banking at a leading investment banking shop in LA, and now she's one of the rising venture capitalists in Silicon Valley. But most importantly, she's doing some amazing work in adding more diversity to the ecosystem. So I can't wait to share her story with you and can't wait to see what Maitri has to say and what she's up to next. All right. Well, welcome, Maitri. Thanks for uh, being our first guest on this uh, podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so where are you right now? Are you in San Francisco? I am in San Jose, actually, at home, Ooh. visiting my parents. <laughs> got it, got it. It's the yeah. weekend at the parents. never a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, this is our first episode, and you've been involved with leaders for, you know, since the beginning, almost. Mm-hmm. And we've known each other for, what is it now, six years, seven years? Six to seven, yeah. <laughs> a long crazy. time, a yeah. long time. So we wanted to start this, and I've been discussing this idea with you for a while now, and the idea is we've motivated a lot of people through offline workshops, but I think the same kind of people we can, these young students who are, you know, just in college or entering college or even exiting college can learn a lot from stories like yours and other people that we know, and I think that can make their path easier as they navigate what they want to do, you know, how they want to get to those paths. Um, so this is kind of the, uh, the reason we started this workshop. So, you know, with your story and all that I know about it, I think it'd be a, a great way for you to kind of share some of those, um, you know, paths and some, some of those decisions that you made. Um, yeah. And I think that could help a lot of the, a lot of the folks out there. And, and one day they can, you know, kind of uh, formulate their own career path to get to where you are. No, I, I mean, I think that's that all sounds great. And, and thank you so much for having me, first of all. Um, you know, I think this is a really awesome initiative because, you know, like just putting myself back in, in kind of when I was in college and, you know, I think I had to be proactive in, in finding those mentors to kind of share their stories and, you know, figure mm-hmm. out how they navigated, you know, college as well as, you know, kind of their first and second jobs. And so mm-hmm. I think this is a really great way for people to kind of, give back and share, you know, how, you know, where they're at now and how that could help, you know, the college students that are trying to figure it out. No, exactly. So look, let's, let's go back all the way to the beginning. And I think that's uh, one of the best places to start. So I know that you're born in India. So let's start there. Yeah, no, definitely. So um, I had a little bit of, you know, kind of just going way back. Um, I moved around a lot when I was younger um, like I like you mentioned, I was born in India. Um, my family moved to Kenya, and so mm-hmm. I grew up in Kenya until I was kind of the age of five. And, and this is we, because uh, parents were yeah, relocating parents were for work. For, yeah, exactly. Parents were searching for better opportunities um, for our family, and you know, I think th- my dad was the first one in his family to really, you know, come to the United States. Which you know, after Kenya, we we moved to New Jersey. And Mm then moved to the Bay Area after that. And so, you know, I think my parents were always looking for the best opportunity for us. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, really grateful that we kind of, you know, I had the opportunity to grow up in the Bay Area when I could have been like 
the rest of my family growing up in India. So yeah. And did you do you remember any of the? I know you're so young back then, but any memories <laughs> from Kenya that are still you know faintly in the back of your mind? Yeah. So I so I don't remember this specifically, but I do remember seeing a photo of me kind of petting a cub lion. Oh. So I like to <laughs> you know that's a little bit of a fun fact. Um, but no, but you know I was I was really young, and so whatever I remember, it's kind of through. Um, photographs and things like that and actually when we moved um you know I I think growing up in Kenya it was great um but you know it was a dangerous area and so Mm -hmm. when we were transitioning from Kenya to the states um a lot of my family's kind of belongings got stolen and kind of lost in the process and so Mm -hmm. a lot of our photographs actually when from when we were younger are lost so we only have limited memories but um, but yeah, so whatever I know, it's, it's kind of from those photos and, and yeah. you know, what, what my parents tell me. Got it. Got it. Got it. So, so then you guys ended up in San Jose or what part of California was yeah. kind of the first home? Yeah. So we, um, ended up, we actually first moved to Milpitas and then, um, we were there for a couple years and then moved to San Jose. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And just a quick on that, like, you know, your family, I know you, you mentioned, uh, and I know you've done business and, and been in finance and all those things, but yeah. is the, was the family background in the, in that field or was it a totally different industry that, you know, your parents were in? No, it's actually very different. Um, my dad has been in tech his whole life, um, you know, studied engineering and started off in engineering and now it's more on the business side. Um, and then my mom actually studied fashion design in college mm-hmm. and um then transition to doing a little bit of interior decorating and you know so very creative of a person yeah. um yeah. so yeah so very different kind of background um but I think the biggest thing growing up for both my brother and I my parents were never kind of you know trying to influence what we mm-hmm. pursued it was more of you know just encouraged us to be curious and figure mm-hmm. out you know what excited us and, and you know made every effort to make sure we were Um, experiencing things that were interesting to us. So let's fast forward a little bit to the high school days now. So in high school, I think it's one of the first, I remember first time when I was making my own choices a little bit, you know, didn't have the permission to make all the choices, but (laughs) how did you, how did you kind of, you know, think about the final years of high school and then picking uh, you went to UCLA. So, you know, picking that as a school and the major. Yeah. So let's just go through that period a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, if I put myself back, like, late in high school, I definitely think that was a very stressful time. Um, I think one, because just the nature of everyone that I was kind of surrounded with. And, you know, I think it's a really important time in your life to figure out what that next step is. And um, so that that was a little, you know, kind of nerve wracking because did I want to stay in California? Did I want to go outside? You know, what did I want to major in? Those were all kind of questions that were going through my head. Mm-hmm. And then, the, you know, kind of the second piece of that is my parents didn't go to college in the States. Um, so it was kind of, you know, new to them as well. And so, it, you know, like I had to really we were all kind of learning together. Mm-hmm. Um But ultimately, you know, I realized like through kind of some programs that I had been in um, in high school, I did this leadership camp at Columbia University that was Mm -hmm. focused on business. 
Um, and I took an intro to business class in high school as well. And so I knew that that was an area that was really interesting to me. And so major wise, you know, I knew that's kind of what I wanted to pursue. And so it was really about figuring out which universities um, had good programs. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, I decided on UCLA because it, I think it was in California. And so it was like close enough, but also far enough from home where, mm-hmm. you know, I could kind of really gain that independence for myself. Um, but it also just, you know, was in a beautiful city, beautiful campus. And I just remember, you know, two distinct memories. One, when I stepped foot on UCLA's campus for the first time, I was just like, oh my gosh, like I need to go here. (laughs) And then the second was when I got my acceptance letter and I don't think I screamed that loud in my life. (laughs) So I think those are both just kind of indicators that like, hey, like, you know, I think this is the right place for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I think I, I got into a few more traditional kind of undergraduate business programs. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think that just that gut feeling I had of, you know, going to UCLA and even though I was a business economics major, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think that that was one of the best decisions I've made in my life. So on that, like, you know, one of the, <clears throat> you know, and, and I think you've you've seen a lot of these high school kids who probably, you know, come to you for advice and they ask you this question one of the things especially in immigrant families I've noticed that you know parents want their kids to be uh, going to school that's close enough or literally in the neighborhood next door so (laughs) how do you how did you navigate that path you know that I guess decision and and you know what did you think uh were some of the things your parents did that made that decision easier yeah, I mean, I think the biggest, and I'll, I'll speak to the what my parents did first, because I actually think that was the most important. Um, and that was, you know, they allowed me to explore every opportunity I was given and make the best decision for myself. And even though, you know, they wanted me to be closer to home, mm-hmm. I think they realized and understood that I needed to kind of make the best decision that would help me in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's obviously, I can imagine, like, really scary for a parent to have their child go somewhere, you know, like, miles away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my parents were really um, encouraging in that they allowed me to take, you know, a step back and, and view each opportunity for what it could offer me as opposed to, like, focusing on the location of it. Um, and so I think that was kind of like the biggest, biggest thing for me. And then, and then for me to evaluate each opportunity, right? Like I visited all the campuses. Um, I spoke to kind of students that had been to each school and, you know, I, I think I just kind of put myself in those, you know, in the shoes of being a student at each of those campuses and those locations. And um, yeah, I, I think UCLA was just a place that I really saw myself. Yeah. And I think one of the things, you know, a lot of the young folks should understand is that, you know, you're never going to be able to make the perfectly perfect, like, you know, analyze and database decision, oh, yeah. <laughs> especially at that stage. Sometimes, you know, actually a lot of the times gut feel and vibe and what you feel when you actually put yourself uh, on that field or on that ground of that university, you got to sometimes have to go with that gut feel, right? So you do, you do. And I, I think like, that's like one of the most important things. And that's how, you know, I've made most of my career decisions as well I think you need to feel good about you know that next step like Mm -hmm. internally you need to feel that because um, everyone around you can tell you one way or the other but that may be kind of their view of what's kind of the best opportunity for them or their Mm -hmm. view of what is the best opportunity for you but I don't think anyone can 
tell you what the best opportunity for yourself is. And I think you really have to follow how you feel, you know, opportunity or, um, you know, job or anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So let's transition to, you know, my alma mater as well, I guess, for grad school, UCLA. So we have that first thing in common. That's where we (laughs) met. So UCLA, beautiful campus, amazing school, great people, a lot of fun and a lot of, you know, not just fun, only also academics. So so (laughs) talk to me about, (laughs) (laughs) so talk to me about like the first year, which is, I think the first time a young person is the most independent. Yeah. Of, uh, and they're making literally most of their decisions themselves. So talk yeah. to me about the first year and how you navigated the personal uh, stuff on campus. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, how did you think about, you know, where this was going to head to uh, in terms of your career? It was scary, for sure. Like when I first um, moved and I first started, because I think... Um, you're just surrounded by so many just driven, ambitious, smart, fun people. And, it, you know, it, it's it's scary because it's just there's so many people and there's so many people that, you know, have they know what they're doing. And you're kind of entering a space where, you know, you have a general sense of what you want to do. But how do you get there? Like, what are the organizations you have to be a part of? What are the internships you have to you know do like all those different things like I didn't know anything and so um, I remember kind of being very overwhelmed when I first got to UCLA but I think it kind of forced me to be very proactive in finding those right opportunities to to figure it out and so I think um, you know I got involved with um, organizations like the Undergraduate Business Society um, I got, you know, went to a leader's workshop, so I put in a shameless plug there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, like I, I proactively found kind of these organizations and resources where I was surrounding myself with people that were older than me that had, you know, you know, maybe they were seniors or a year out of college and just learn from them. Like, what did they do when they were at UCLA? What internships did they do? What clubs were they a part of? Um, and, you know, really tried to figure out, like, what those steps were and in where I saw myself. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, when I first got there, it was really scary. But, you know, just that kind of pushed me to, like, be proactive in figuring it out. You're listening to Leader Stories. We'll be right back after a short break. Yeah, so on that note, Major, like, so when you think about, mm-hmm. you know, finding, I guess, advice, seeking mentorship, yeah. you know, what was the best way, especially when you're young, you don't know a lot of people, you're, you know, a freshman or a sophomore. Yeah. How did you go about seeking those people who obviously would be able to give you advice, but also would be willing to give you advice and, and, yeah. and authentic advice? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that I was very lucky that the people that were in the organizations that I got involved in were very much, you know, willing to kind of share their knowledge and share their insights. Um, And I think that that was a huge kind of reason that I stayed so close with, with those organizations, because I knew that when I 
was a freshman, I didn't know anything and, and being surrounded by people that were so willing to share, you know, what they went through and, and give me the advice that, you know, had they been a freshman, like what they would have done differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was all very valuable. But I think the biggest thing is like, you know, going back to kind of the original question is, um, you know, I think if you just are very curious and like, you know, just humble enough to just ask and like be kind of vulnerable and saying like, I don't know this and I know you do, like, how did you get here? I think people are generally very receptive of that. Um, And so I think I just had to get over kind of the fear of that same point that you made is like Mm -hmm. finding those people that are willing to help you. I found that everybody that I kind of reached out to for advice was willing to kind of share. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I think that that's kind of the beauty in, in mentorship in general is, you know, if someone's coming to you um, with, you know, curiosity and, and needing advice, like, you know, I think for someone that's been through it, I think they're always kind of willing to share. Mm-hmm. Now, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and especially like when you are, you know, trying to get into some of these fields that are so competitive, yeah. having the right mentors and the right allies, Uh, can really accelerate your path. Totally, totally. So you didn't, obviously, your first job wasn't investment banking at Goldman Sachs, like everybody assumed. (laughs) So you started a magazine. So talk to me about, you know, like, you know, (laughs) that probably is your creative side coming out, which I, which I know and love. So tell me, tell me something, something about that first job. Yeah, so... That was one of the most eye-opening um, internships for me. I think, you know, when I moved to LA, I had, you know, I was like that wide-eyed, like, yeah, like I, you know, <laughs> want to go in business. I want to be in entertainment. You know, I want to be going yeah. to cool events, all of that. Like that was me. Yeah. Um, and I was very fortunate to be kind of at the right place at the right time for this kind of internship panel event that I went to um, two months into being at UCLA. Mm-hmm. And I met kind of the editor of this magazine called um, Los Angeles Confidential. And, you know, I just started talking to her and asking her questions. And then she's like, listen, like, we're looking for an intern. Would mm-hmm. you be interested? And <laughs> I was like, sure. You know, Hell I'm like yeah. Three months, <laughs> I'm like three months into being at UCLA. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to get the opportunity to work in a magazine. Like, yes, sign me up. Yeah. Now you're the, uh, and you're automatically now the coolest kid in the class now. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but I mean, I think it was, it was cool that like I did get to go to kind of those really cool events and, you know, be a part of that. But I also really saw how hard it is to be in that industry. Um, and, you know, there were just kind of um, factors of that industry that didn't really mes- resonate with what I saw for myself. Um mm-hmm. And so I think as much as it was like a really cool first internship being in LA, you know, it also kind of helped me kind of narrow that out right from the beginning. Um, And so I think it was, it was a very like productive experience for me. Yeah. And then the other part that I think, you know, people, especially when they're in college, they don't understand, you know, they don't realize that they think life is a very linear path. Uh, The truth (laughs) is it's not right. Like you're not right now, you're not the chief editor at Vogue. Right. You're right. you're you've you've evolved into whatever you're doing and you're still passionate about it. Uh, yeah. But the path has, to, you know, has taken many turns and ups and downs. So 
yeah. I guess the next chapter for you, you did a bunch of internships in risk related roles, accounting, and uh, and then uh, finally in investment banking. So t- yeah. just talk to us about a little bit. How did you think about that transition and that journey and, and you know, and then trying a bunch of things, the variety that you tried where yeah. most people try to be linear. So t- talk to the benefits of variety as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's definitely when I compare myself to some of my friends who kind of ended up doing the same job I did. Uh, very different path to getting there. But I think, I think, and I, I referenced this a little earlier, you know, my entire life, I was encouraged to just be curious. Um, and I think that was, for me, being at UCLA with the just sheer amount of opportunities that were available to me. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to take advantage of all of them, you know, because I think this was a very special point in my life where I had the opportunity to be able to do everything, you know, yeah. do, do a little bit of everything and figure it out. Right. Because I, I don't, you know, I think I'm the type of person that really does need to experience things mm-hmm. to be able to rule it out or decide this is what I want to do mm-hmm. instead of kind of following the path that everyone else, you know, follows. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, in each of those instances, that opportunity looked really interesting to me. And I think that each one gave me, you know, kind of knowledge that now today, like, you know, I have all these different experiences under my belt, and, you know, I can reference each of them. Um, And, you know, so I'm I'm so glad that I didn't go through that linear path. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, was able to kind of experience all these different things to really be able to you know, when I was interviewing for um, my investment banking internship, the my junior year of su- mm-hmm. summer, be able to confidently say like, hey, I've tried a lot of different things. I know yeah. this is exactly what I want to do because I've not only done different things, I've also mm-hmm. had two internships in, you know, smaller investment banks, but I've done this job yeah. also. And I like, I, like I know what I want and I also know what I don't want. Right. And exactly. That's, and that's exactly. powerful. And, yeah. and, and, and employers will see that because they'll be like, okay, look, she's tried it all and she knows what yeah. she wants. Um, and that's one of the things that like, I think people uh, should start seeing, you know, college as not a place where you just go and learn about like, you know, academics and education. Yeah. It's uh, the perfect place for you. To, it's a buffet, you know, go try yeah. a bunch of different things. Yeah. And this is your opportunity to do it. Right. And you're not yeah, going to get totally. this opportunity again. Once you're in your career, it becomes a lot harder to be yeah, that flexible. I- it's very, it's very hard to do that, you know, and, and I think that when people, you know, kind of come into college, you know, just putting myself back, they get really overwhelmed with everyone around them and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And you think you kind of have to be doing the same things. And, you know, I was very um, blanking on the word, but, you know, very proactive in making sure I wasn't following the path that I thought I needed to mm-hmm. and, and rather just you know, there were opportunities that were coming my way and I wanted to explore them. And, and, you know, I think that's really valuable now. Mm -hmm. So you, you know, along the way, you made some friends, uh, a bunch of them ended up, you know, leaning towards the investment banking route because you guys were very business focused. Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, how did you, you know, LA is not known for investment banking. It's known for the Hollywood capital of the world, but you know, being in investment banking in LA is a lot of fun. There's a lot of cool sectors you work on. Yeah. So talk to me about that transition and, and maybe like for the audience, like, you know, what were some of the things that were hard 
um, that you thought, you know, because you had this experience in doing different internships and just preparing yourself that it made yeah. it easier. And also maybe like, you know, the networking that you did that got you, you know, closer to that. So I was very, um, you know, I think I had two sets of mm-hmm. friends almost. So one, you know, my, you know, the girls I was living with, the girls I was, you know, hanging out with mm-hmm. all the time who were in different industries, you know, and I think that always gave me that reality check that like, hey, this is not the only thing that's happening in the world, you know, and I think that was really important for me because one of my friends was, um, you know, pre-med, one was like mm-hmm. pre-dent, um, one was an engineer. And I, I think like having those perspectives was really important for me um, because I think you kind of get sucked into a mm-hmm. bubble of just being around people that are wanting to do the same thing as you. And, you know, and I, I, I was very, um, I made sure I was getting a ton of different experiences because that's what you're in mm-hmm. college for, you know, you're learning from everyone around you. Um, so that, that was one thing. So, but in terms of kind of networking and, and getting those internships and, you know, th- that, that is difficult. And I think you have to be surrounded by the people that are also pursuing mm-hmm. it to know what you need to be doing. Um, and also like seeking out those mentors that have done it before, right? Like, how did you, um, how did you get to where you are? And, you know, I think the way that I always approached networking, you know, I I really hate that word, but, um, you know, it's, you know, I would reach out to people that were current, um, you know, analysts at different investment Mm -hmm. banks and, um, you know, just, just ask them like how, instead of, you know, what are you doing today? And, you know, just asking about the job. I, I always focus my conversations more on how did you get mm-hmm. to where you are and what are you enjoying mm-hmm. most and what do you see next mm-hmm. for yourself? And so I think that always led to more, you know, almost insightful, engaging conversations. Um, and, and that was really beneficial for me as I was kind of recruiting and, and yeah. trying to get my I job. think, you know, when you think about the networking, and I totally agree with that. You know, people always, uh, you know, say you must network, must network. But, you know, when you just network and yeah. just use that word, it has this like negative <clears throat> aspect to it as if like you need something and you yeah. want something. I think the best networkers I've right. seen are folks who, you know, are just friendly and love meeting people and learning from them without, you know, asking yeah. for anything. And actually a lot of the best networkers I know are just givers, right? They'll, you know, they'll go yeah. out of their way to help in any way. And, and everybody has something to give, right? Like uh, I remember when I was exactly. in college, uh, I, you know, didn't have, uh, you know, any, like I didn't have some of the, the things, for example, like, you know, like money and people think, oh, gave me some job, I'm just a student. But what I had was I had some assignments that yeah. I could share with other kids. So I would share them proactively right. or I would get them access to, um, you know, some event that they wouldn't have access to. So whatever you can give, you should always be in a giving mentality because you'll make more friends that way. And totally. then, yeah, and then you never know, you know, totally, totally. So, so let's, so you joined city uh, as your first job after UCLA. Uh, you yeah. didn't, you didn't take a gap <laughs> year. Uh, you, you know, finish your college in four years. So I guess before mm-hmm. we move to the city part, you know, <clears throat> college is one of those things that comes once in your life, especially undergrad. Uh, and you know, if you're fortunate to go, that's awesome. So what is one thing that you regret that you didn't do in college, uh, now looking back that you wish you did? Studying abroad. Like I could answer that within the same second. Like that was one thing that I 
to this day really wish that I did. Um, I, you know, I compare my experience to, you know, my brother or some of my friends that did that. And, you know, that's definitely something that I wish I had done. I feel like you could learn so much and you just experience so much in such a short amount of time. Um, so yeah, so that's hands down what I, yeah. wish, I wish I could have done. You know, I hated uh, anytime when I was in college, someone said, oh, I'm, you know, doing a six months abroad in Spain or Hong Kong. And, yeah. And I was just like, oh man, you know, you're wasting your time. You're not going to do anything there. But then now that I'm, so I'm 32 now, yeah. uh, you know, I look back, the most I've gained <clears throat> is when I have traveled. Totally. Right. And yeah. not just personally, but, you know, people don't realize, but professionally, you know, yeah. there's folks that I've met in different parts of the world who have all different stories, as amazing as yours yeah. uh, or better. And you can learn from them and you can have them in your corner and you just become a better human. So I 100% agree with you on that on that semester abroad. I would actually say yeah. take a full year abroad or something. If yeah. you can, like I would, you know, I think I was, and, and my senior year, I actually did take um, a quarter off winter quarter to go travel. Um, but that, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the same. I wasn't immersing myself, you know, in this mm -hmm. new place. And so, um, yeah, that's definitely, you know, I could have done one internship less or something and, and gone and done that. And I just think I would have learned way more and, and just, you know, that's just like one of the most memorable experiences for all the people I know that have done it. And um, so, yeah, it makes me really jealous that I didn't yeah, do that. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to Leader Stories. We'll be right back after a short break. So, so city investment banking, you know, bulge bracket, investment banking, front office, the whole, you know, what everybody lives and breathes, you know, all those Wall Street Oasis days all come to this one day. So you're there first day, you know, you get the offer, you're super pumped. Let's start with like, a, let's start with training. Uh, I guess, was that in New York for you guys? That was in New York, yeah. Um, and I, I interned the prior summer as well in the same same mm -hmm. group. Yeah. So I guess that'll be that'll be an interesting fact for some of our audience. So you yeah. know, interning at a place, um, you know, what was your approach? Uh, because this was your this was your first like bulge bracket investment banking internship, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Right. Um, so yes, yeah, so that was uh, the summer after my junior year. Mm -hmm. um, I think that while I was looking for opportunities and recruiting for my internships, you know, I was very much in the mindset that this potentially could lead to my full-time job. Cause I think with investment banking internships, um, most, and I, I will caveat, like not all, uh, will lead to kind of a full-time offer for when you graduate. Um, mm -hmm. And so I was very much, you know, evaluating all the different banks and opportunities with, do I see myself here after graduation? Mm -hmm. And so that was like a very, you know, important kind of um, criteria for me. Um, but yeah, I, I think I chose the LA office of, of Citigroup because one, it's kind of focused on M&A, um, which is something I really wanted to do. I really wanted to focus on the mergers and acquisition side, um, have a funny story for why. <laughs> but I don't yeah, know. Now, <laughs> now, now you have to share that story. Yeah, now I have to share it. Okay. Um, well, I, I mean, this without, without releasing any insider information. No, nothing. You know, we but, we um, hate lawsuits at leaders. No, this is like, <laughs> this is a really random, random story. But um, when I was in high school, 
and don't ask me why I was playing this game in high school, but I used to play this game called Club Penguin. Um, it was like fresh since like freshman. I, I didn't even know what follow up question I have to ask you. Yeah, so, uh, I used to play this game a lot. Um, it got acquired by uh, Disney, and the entire game changed. And I just remember being like in ninth grade, not knowing what you know. I didn't know companies bought other companies. I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. I just knew my game changed, and I remember yeah. being introduced <laughs> to the concept of M and A then (laughs) yeah and um you know I just thought it was like fascinating since then and you know those were kind of the news articles that um resonated with me and so yeah you know when I had the opportunity to go into investment banking I knew I didn't want to do anything but M&A um so that was really important to me and then the other thing that was really important was just the team you know I think the job is very very demanding um and if you're not surrounded by people that you can spend like you know 18 hours a day with yeah um that that's you know you're just not gonna have a good experience so I think the people and what I would be doing those were like really important to me and and city um offered me just that in in LA Mm -hmm. so that second point you mentioned on the on the team I think that's Mm -hmm. that's so critical you're spending people you know don't realize you're spending literally like 16 hours 18 hours a day yeah with the same set of people and less than 10 people right? Basically every week. Um, And personalities, you know, matter how your working styles matter. Um, So evaluating that is important. And the first point you mentioned, which was, you know, thinking of city, thinking of LA and thinking of that group as your potential future full-time group. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, a lot of people think that, oh, an internship is a, is a, is a long, like two month long interview. It is, but it's also an interview for the firm as well to, you know, get you. So you need to uh, evaluate them as well, the, the same way they're evaluating you. Um, yeah. um, and, 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 and not just them, also the industry, right? And a lot right. of times, you know, folks go into, you know, these jobs in banking, consulting, accounting, and, and they realize that it's far from, you know, what they thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and then it's, a, it's very easy to just be like, look, you know, this is probably not for me. So I guess on that point, maybe like, you know, if you, you know, you, you had some super late nights, uh, mm-hmm. While your friends were partying out there and going to the, <laughs> you know, the fun cocktail parties and whatnot, yeah. while you were in this, you know, really cool, successful job, but you know, sure. with very little social life. So how did you yeah. decide that you know what, double down? Let's let's do this again. Let's do this for full time. Yeah, I mean, I think that it, it was definitely challenging, right? Like, I think I'm a very lifestyle oriented person, um, but I think that the opportunity that jobs like investment banking and consulting give you is just that amount of responsibility you have right out of college is insane, you know, Mm -hmm. and being in a position where you have that much responsibility, you're doing work that's super high impact. Um, I think just focusing on, on that and focusing Mm -hmm. on kind of the impact of what you're doing Um, I think that was all really exciting. And that's kind of what, you know, just led me to being like, hey, like, it's okay, it's going to be a few years where I Mm -hmm. have to like grind it out. But the experiences I'm getting like this is, you know, this is something that, you know, a lot of people don't get the opportunity to do. So very fortunate to to have that and just focusing on kind of being grateful for, for the opportunity as opposed to looking at, you know, kind of what my friends were doing and what I was missing out on. Oh, for sure. For sure. 
Um, so you joined City, you joined full time. Uh, training was awesome in New York. I'm sure it was yeah. less training and more drinking and, and, and having fun and showing up to class a little bit hungover. So talk to me about the training days and why it's one of the, you know, a lot of people you know, don't get that ex- experience because it's such a rare thing uh, because the industry is so small and so yeah. uh, selective and competitive. So talk to us about a little bit about what that experience was like. Uh, well, it's like five weeks or six weeks, something like that. Um, I think I, it was nine or 10 weeks, actually. I think they've cut oh, it wow. down. Yeah, I think they've cut it down since when I was there a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it was, I think, one of my best memories of investment banking, you know, because I think you're in New York City, you're living in, you know, this huge, like, hotel, and every room is, you know, kind of a coworker from a different office. And so it really gives you the opportunity to get to know your starting class from Mm -hmm. around the world. um, And, you know, really kind of just immerse yourself. And it's definitely like a little MBA Uh, type of environment where you're meeting people from all over the country, maybe yeah. actually all over the world sometimes, because there's yeah. a lot of international folks that come yeah. in as well. So, so how was it like, you know, uh, you know, other than obviously the training and things you learn, but also, yeah. you know, maybe talk about some of the rare stuff, you know, meeting the friends, uh, going out with them and learning their backgrounds and whatnot. And, and, you know, what got you more excited? I'm sure it got you more excited for the job that was about to come. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that that was the best part. I was meeting people from all over the world. And, you know, our training would be like nine to five or so, um, nine to six maybe. And then after that, I mean, you know, you're basically just hanging out with these different people from all over the world. You're either going out, you're going to dinners, shows whatever whatever the case is right like but you have the opportunity to be meeting and socializing with people all over the world and really developing friendships um Mm -hmm. and I think that's just such a powerful thing because I can say you know I have friends in Australia I have friends in Hong Kong I have friends in you know all over and yeah I think that's a really rare thing to be able to say and and you know actually um one of the friends that I made uh during during training like you know we were really close during training um, her and I actually uh, took a trip to to Italy together um, a oh, few wow. months ago. You know, like I was traveling through Europe and um, she lives in London now. She's originally from Canada and um, we decided to meet up in London and then we took a trip to Italy together. So it's like, you know, there's still relationships that I'm still yeah. close to, um, which is great. And one of the best, best parts of that experience. Yeah. You've done training, you joined City full time, mm-hmm. you're working on a bunch of, you know, really cool deals. Yeah. Um, how does, I guess the, you know, a lot of people, uh, let's just assume our audience knows what investment banking is, but, <clears throat> you know, just, to, you know, let's talk a little bit more about how, as time goes by within a job like that, you know, how do your, uh, not priorities, but passions kind of evolve yeah. uh, and change? So maybe let's talk about that and how you thought about, <clears throat> you know, near the end where you're like, you know what? had a great time. Let's, let's go do something else. Yeah, no, definitely. So I think that investment banking in general, like, you know, we kind of referenced this a little bit ago, but it's a very demanding job. And I was working, you know, 16 to 18 hours a day, a lot of weekends, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Right. And so being able to have time for other things was just very challenging. Um, But you know, I think that as I was figuring out, you know, this is probably not a long-term stint for me. I don't know if I see my entire career in investment banking. 
you know, it, it kind of got me to think about, like, okay, what's next for me? Um, and in, you know, kind of spirit of, you know, everything that I, I've been kind of referencing before is like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just a curious person in general and figuring out, hey, like what's interesting to me now and, mm-hmm. and how can that, you know, translate into what my next step will be career-wise. Um, and so what I recognized, and this was something that I was doing very almost subconsciously, but, you know, the news articles I was reading, the, you know, blogs I was subscribing to, um, all of those different things, I realized that there was a common theme in that, and that was all mm-hmm. kind of related to this, like, consumer sector, you know. Um, I was excited about new brands. I was excited about how consumer behavior was evolving. I was excited about, you know, how consumer behavior was translating into new technologies, you know. And so Mm -hmm. these were all things that I was just reading about for fun, you know, and I don't have that much time to read in in investment banking, you know. And (laughs) I was like finding that this was really interesting to me. And I realized like, hey, you know, maybe there's something there for me, right. And um, Mm -hmm. curiosity actually led me to this organization called FounderMade, um, mm-hmm. which is their consumer discovery platform. Um, so okay. they basically have kind of trade shows, East Coast, West Coast, um, highlighting new emerging consumer brands and connecting mm-hmm. the ecosystem of investors, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. And kind of the website, and I was like, this is so cool. And I saw yeah. an opportunity to volunteer. Um, and I was like, hey, this is like, you know, couple hours out of my Saturday this is so cool like there were some really amazing speakers um and I couldn't afford a ticket so I was like let me just volunteer (laughs) exactly um, yeah and so I applied to volunteer and I actually got in touch with the CEO of FounderMade and you know we had an amazing conversation about um just my interest in the space and the trends she was like hey like I'd like you to be more involved than just volunteering you know, the day Mm -hmm. of the event, would you be interested? And Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, I mean, this was my second year of banking, I, again, barely slept, and it was working so, so many hours, but I was like, listen, like, this opportunity is right in front of me. And this is an area I'm so excited about. I have to explore it, you know, I have to see what there is here, and and what I could contribute and, and what I can gain from it as well. Um, and so without, you know, very much hesitation, I was like, yeah. And, you know, I committed to basically interning for this organization on top of my full-time banking job. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that really allowed me to cultivate that kind of excitement and curiosity and interest in the space that I was not involved in, you know, at City. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was like a really powerful thing for me to start thinking about what could be a possibility for me after yeah and that and that's a crazy you know thought even if you when you're saying you're, you're pulling 80 hours a week uh, and yeah. then you're still pushing beyond and that's I think a, a perfect lesson for I guess our audiences you know you could have one of the best jobs in the world which is so demanding that you literally can't even time uh, find time for friends and family but yeah. because you're so passionate it's so important for you to push beyond those boundaries and make time, right? Because Definitely. you're going to be so passionate about those. And, and that's when you start realizing, like, you know, you can do a lot more, right? You can, Definitely. you can go explore, you can learn more, you can connect with people like you met this, uh, you know, the, the CEO of uh, FounderMade. Right. Um, 
and that I think is a, is important. Like a lot of people just give up because they're like, you know what? I don't have any time. I can't do any more. The mm-hmm. truth is you can always, always find time for things that you're super passionate about. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel like, you know, it doesn't feel like a responsibility or a job or, you know, mm-hmm. that you're taking away from anything else because you're so interested and excited. And I think mm-hmm. that was for me really special because I think that while investment banking and what I was doing was really exciting and, and rewarding, I think that, you know, that kind of spark of curiosity, I was losing that. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I was able to recognize that. And, you know, and that, that really pushed me to like, hey, like, you need to figure it out and you need to explore your passion. And um, whether that means, you know, adding another 15 hours to your 80 hour work week that's yeah. fine because you're learning so much through this experience and you're getting to do something you love yeah oh for sure look we add hours in our in our busiest lives for game of thrones so we can definitely add yeah. hours for things that we're more, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're more passionate about <laughs> you know one of the biggest i guess riskiest steps as uh, some people would say you've taken was you quit your job uh without anything you know beyond it and yeah. uh and uh and but you had the passion so, and, and especially not just any job, you know, you're on the, one of the best you know, places that someone at your age could be. So talk yeah. to me about having that confidence um, and, and how you kind of navigated that, you know, risky terrain, I guess. And, and, and yeah. if it, it felt risky as well, like, you know, you might, you might've not felt definitely. it to be risky at all. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think that, you know, this was about three years into investment banking and, you know, I had been kind of dabbling in in you know doing things with founder made and, and exploring my interests elsewhere and you know I think it just got to the point where I was like I had to believe that the experiences I had gained thus far you know I, I, I've developed a, a skill set that I can add somewhere else and mm-hmm. I've developed a passion for a space and and you know some level of knowledge of this industry I think that it just was a moment of I need to take this kind of risk for myself because I mm-hmm. potentially, like you said, you know, I was in a really good, comfortable position. Why would I leave? You know, but mm-hmm. I think that I knew and I recognized that I had things to offer and I had an area that I was actually truly passionate about. So, you know, why would I stay? Right. Um, yeah. It became that sort of question like why would you leave to why would you stay um and I think that you know I just needed to feel that and and when I did you know I made that decision like hey you need to leave and and you will figure it out like I think that was like also having that confidence that you're gonna figure it out right and Mm -hmm. um I think some people feel like it's the end of the world right like you you quit a job and you don't um have anything lined up and what if you don't get a job um but I think just having that confidence that you will figure it out and and I, I would like to caveat like you know I was very yeah. fortunate and you know privileged to obviously be in that position where I could take a little bit of time off um mm-hmm. because I you know I, I do recognize that like that's not the case for everybody and so definitely was in a you know a place where I was very privileged to be there um mm-hmm. and I just had to take advantage of it 
and um mm-hmm. it's, it's I mean you know that was about a year ago now um but yeah I mean like really amazing decision and I, mm-hmm. I learned so much through that period of of just exploring you know my passion and and figuring out what the next next step for me was yeah and like you know this, the the thing where you mentioned which was like um you know you have to figure it out and yeah. you will figure it out yeah. So I think one of the things, uh, a lesson that I've learned is, you know, we always look for and seek uh, safety nets, right? Okay, if this happens, mm-hmm. doesn't happen, I have a safety net to fall back on. Yeah. But I think folks that I've found who are super passionate, uh, just excited about life and what they want to do, and they don't have that yeah. kind of fear that, oh, I might have a job in the next this many months or whatever. Yeah. You know, they truly believe that, you know, they are the safety net that they're looking for, yeah. right? Like. It, you know, worst case, like, what's the worst case scenario? Worst case scenario, you'll be fine, right? Yeah. And and you have a brain, you have, you know, you're fortunate enough to be able to use that brain to do an am- amazing things in the future. Yeah. It might just take a little bit of time. It might yeah. take two months, six months, two years, maybe five years. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you you truly believe that. And I think, you know, people should start believing that uh, without being, like, obviously cocky and ego, but yeah. believing that, look, they have the ability and their passion will take them to that, uh, you know, promising outcome. Yeah, and I, I think you just have to recognize that everybody's timeline's a little different, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that comparing yourself to what your friends are doing or, you know, other people in your industry are doing, that's very inhibiting of a mentality, I think, um, mm-hmm. because I think that, you kind of create your own path and everybody's path is different. Um, And so I think that was really important for me to recognize. And and that wasn't, you know, a conclusion I came to on my own, obviously, you know, I had so many conversations with mentors, you know, people like you, Sherjan, that just kind of instilled that confidence and that, um, you know, just mentality in myself that it's, you're going to figure it out when you're supposed to you know, mm-hmm. and um, taking the time to, to explore your curiosity is, is valuable, you know, and yeah. having the opportunity and privilege to be able to do that is, you know, you should take advantage of that. So six months, and this is one of those, you know, um, times where it can also kind of get a little bit daunting because you're like, you know, like two months in, you're, yeah. you know, you look back and yeah. you look back and the city job is long gone and oh, you look yeah. forward and there's miles ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how did you, and at the same time, you're obviously because you're exploring, sometimes mm-hmm. you, I'm sure you would, you know, find some opportunities that you would love to join ASAP. Yeah. How did you, you know, present yourself? And I'm sure a lot of other people your age at you know the age you were at that time kind of go yeah. through this where you're mm-hmm. they're kind of in the middle of two uh you know regions I guess in the gray yeah. area how did you present yourself to uh, potential employers or you know the next folks you would want to work with uh, yeah. about your story and and why you were going through this transition definitely um yeah so I mean I think that what you mentioned is definitely right you know I mean there was a lot of ups and a lot of like really great moments during that period but there were also Mm -hmm. a lot of lows where I was like was this the right decision that I made um Mm -hmm. and am I going to figure it out right like I think that that was scary but um I think just continuing to push through and and being involved with you know I think I was taking that time you know I obviously took a few months to to travel and and experience things outside of Mm -hmm. you know kind of my bubble but 
mm-hmm. also coming back, um, you know, I was I, I was working again, uh, you know, a little bit with FounderMade. Um, I was working with a couple of startups and just, you know, offering some some level of, you know, kind of consulting advice, things like that. But I was mm-hmm. figuring out ways to fill my time in a way mm-hmm. that was I was learning a lot from. Yeah. You know? And I think that that was when I was kind of going to potential employers, like you said, like my story was not that, you know, I because I think like when when you kind of see someone that quits investment banking it's you know people are like okay well the job got too difficult for you like or whatever like and you know you you kind of like did a rage quit right (laughs) Um, yeah but I think it's just coming at it with like hey you know I really enjoyed frankly what I was doing um Mm -hmm. but it didn't allow me to pursue what I was truly passionate about yeah and I've recognized what that is and that's why I'm here today you know and I quit because I know this is an area I want to be in and this is what I want to do and so it wasn't because I had to but it was because I wanted yeah. to because I knew what I wanted to do oh for sure yeah. and I think on that one of the ways I think about it is of so like you I quit investment making as well mm-hmm. and and you know when you quit with uh you know nothing ahead and so I mm-hmm. quit with you know with the mindset that I'm going to go start this startup now yeah you know, but then at the same time, the way you quit, I think you also kind of worked on a startup, which is, you know, I, I would call it Matri Inc., right? Yeah. Like this is, you know, your own personal startup and yeah. it has its highs, it has its lows. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you hustle everywhere. You, you know, figure out how to kind of, you know, find that next, you know, win. Yeah. And, 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 it, and it is what it is. I think people... Yeah. Uh, you know, who do do that. I think it's the the thing that they're looking for and the thing that they're developing or building is they're yeah. building, you know, personal incorporated. So right. folks who are out there and who are in, in positions where, you know, they could be unhappy in their job or they could be happiest in their job, but mm-hmm. they think there is, you know, more out there that they can do. Yeah. And it could be, and it doesn't have to be in, you know, one of the things that it doesn't have to be, um, you know, something that is self uh, building in terms of your resume. Like for mm-hmm. example, you help, you went out of your way and you were, uh, helping other startups, you're helping other folks, you're mentoring yeah. a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just your personal passion. And that yeah. itself is building, right? It's it's a yeah. step in the right direction. Definitely, definitely. And that's a really great way to put it. And I think that, you know, now where I'm at now, and I'm fortunate enough to be around so many entrepreneurs, you know, like you as well, Sherjan, who are so passionate about what they're building. And they're not thinking about, okay, like, everything they're they're kind of sacrificing to be here to be building what they're passionate about but they're doing mm-hmm. it every single day and it's not always easy um, yeah. but I think that being able to kind of experience a little bit of, of that you know I wouldn't by no means say I'm experiencing anything that an entrepreneur would experience but um, having that period of kind of uncertainty risk and and just kind of having to believe in myself and like what I believe you know my thoughts yeah. Um, I think it really helps me kind of resonate with entrepreneurs today with with what I'm doing now in venture capital, um, because, you know, it's just having empathy for for the experience and the journey. Right. And um, yeah. and I think that was really valuable for me um, in hindsight, you know, ha- having gone through that. So look, before we transition to your amazing, you know, place that you're working right now, Touchdown, <laughs> yeah. which I think, you know, is one of the best VC firms out there. And oh. I hope one day my startup <laughs> is big enough to raise money from Meiji oh. Morgana. So, but before that, one of the last questions I have on this like six month journey of, of exploration and, yeah. and being, 
you know, in the limelight, but having a lot of audience who is, you know, looking at you and you're under the microscope of everybody like, hey, what is Maitri doing? Why did she quit? Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> what is she doing next? Oh, does she have a job? Yeah. Right. And oh, I saw her. She's interviewing. So there's a lot of pressure that comes externally. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, you know, it could be p- pressure from parents, from yeah. siblings, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, fam- yeah. other, you know, coworkers, whatever. Yeah. Uh, how did you think about that pressure in that in those six months? And how did you kind of try to mute the noise and amplify yeah. the the you know encouragement? Yeah, no, that that was a really, I think, huge, huge part of, you know, kind of that experience is you get a lot of external pressure. And, and, and I think it's, it's what you internalize, right. And I think in, mm-hmm. initially, I was very confident in, you know, kind of my decision and, and everything when I first quit. And then, but then, you know, a month, two months in, you know, you're like, shoot, like, did I, you know, did I make the right decision, <laughs> right? Like my, yeah. my friends are in all these kind of like really amazing jobs. Um, sh- should I have not done this, right? And and you yeah. you almost like start internalizing kind of this this buzz that's kind of going on around you. And I think yeah. that, what I did that was really, I think, powerful and important was, so I was living at home in San Jose with my parents and Mm -hmm. um, during that period. And I think that I was consciously surrounding myself with people that were not adding that pressure to me, right? And they were Mm -hmm. very confident that I would figure it out. And this was a really good period for me. And this this would be very valuable down the road. Yeah. And I think surrounding by yourself with those people that believed in you I think that's really important because I think so many people around you can be questioning your decision and your judgment um, yeah. but ultimately again like this journey is yours and um, so it, it's kind of your responsibility to be surrounding yourself by those people that are that are bringing you up instead of oh you know, for sure yeah you yeah, know for sure and I think your mom needs to call my mom because my mom bothers me about my investment <laughs> banking paycheck every every week so no, my parents and I'm were, yeah. my parents over the moon that I left because they saw like they saw you know those three years what I went through and they were like oh we are so happy you're you're not doing that anymore my mom every uh, on her birthday every day she used to be like you know back when you were an investment banker you would buy me nice Louis Vuitton bags and now I get nothing so I'm like mom you know soon Let's, let's talk about Touchdown and the venture capital community a little yeah. bit and, and the industry. You know, it's, it's seen ma- you know, major changes yeah. uh, in the last past five years. A little bit about, I think, like, you know, what your role is right now, what yeah. you do. Um, and then, you know, more to uh, on the topic of like, how do you how do you see venture capital yourself? Mm-hmm. What gets you excited? Um, and how you know, where are you seeing like, you know, what's next? you know, from your perspective in terms of, you know, your role in in VC. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to start with um, just overall, you know, like why I thought VC was the right opportunity for me and, and, you know, kind of now where I'm at. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think that I I kind of have a sense that when I left banking that I wanted to do venture capital. And the reason for that was, you know, largely in part because of my experience through FounderMade, um, where I knew that I really enjoyed being surrounded by just this high energy, you know, entrepreneurs that were so passionate about what they were building. Mm -hmm. And being in a position where, hey, like I could offer, 
some advice that like, you know, these are, this is what I've seen from other entrepreneurs and like help people build their businesses as well. You know? And I think that being in that sort of environment was very, very exciting for me. And just hearing the stories of of entrepreneurs and and being able to offer like whatever I could. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was really exciting to me. And that's kind of what led me to wanting to be in this kind of industry. Um, now, you know, I work at Touchdown Ventures and our model is a little bit unique in that we basically manage the corporate venture capital funds of a number of different companies. So one of those includes Kellogg's, the cereal company. Um, yeah. And I think that it's so exciting for me to be here because I get to see how large corporations are thinking about what's next and how the startup ecosystem kind of impacts, you know, kind of their roadmaps and, 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 you know, kind of how they can see themselves innovating for the future. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's so exciting for me because I'm getting to see kind of the best of both worlds. I'm seeing these big old corporations innovating and, and, you know, putting in initiatives to be able to innovate and also working with startups who are in these industries of these companies that we're representing. And so I think that it's been such an amazing experience so far. I'm obviously only, you know, less than a year in, um, but I think that it was a really great place for me to start. And I think the firm really values developing, um, so I'm an associate, so developing the associates, um, you know, really providing an educational base for venture capital. And so I think that that was really important for me as well, um, because I think that I'm just starting off my career in in this space, you know, and I I definitely, you know, going back now to your last question is, what do you see next for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. I could see myself here, honestly, um, for, yeah. for a long time. Um, I think that every day I'm learning something new. Every day I'm meeting new, interesting people that are building cool things. And being able to be a part of those journeys, like, that's so exciting for me. And I just, I could see this for the rest of my life, you know? Um, yeah. And so, again, you know, very early in my career. So maybe five years from now, you can ask me what I'm doing. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but yeah, I, I truly see myself here because it allows me to kind of give back in a way also. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think like as a venture capitalist, you're always trying to um, learn about new businesses and new startups, invest in those and then help, you know, cultivate them. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, I think that entire process and being involved with so many different companies, it's, you know, just, I'm so privileged and, and honored to, to be able to do that. And I, I couldn't see myself doing anything else right now. Yeah. So I think one of the, one of the highlights I just want to mention before we move on is if uh, Maitri's bosses and team are listening, uh, <laughs> that's a lie. She's not going to be there for five years because I will hire her from you guys. So oh my <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is my challenge to Maitri on this. But no, I think that is really, really awesome. And look, it's a tough industry, you know, not only, you know, when you're in it, but, you know, getting in. And for, you know, for some of our listeners who are trying to break into, you know, venture capital, generally speaking, yeah. you know, it's, it's actually much harder than investment banking, consulting, accounting, and some of the yeah. professional industries we know and love. For sure. But then, you know, so you, how did you, I guess, you know, figure this out? I like, I couldn't break into VC. I ended up going into growth uh, investing, but not yeah. VC. And I was really passionate about VC. Yeah. So first of all, how did you break into VC, especially from, also from the aspect of, um, you know, some of the female listeners that we have, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a very, you know, male dominated industry just historically. Yeah. So how did you, I guess, take that as a, as a thing where you could like, you know, 
turn it around and make it an advantage. And I know we spoke about this a little bit, so I'd love for you to yeah. kind of dig a little bit deeper on that. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it is a very challenging process. It's a very small community. And, um, you know, again, like I mentioned, like, I think each of us are very honored and, and privileged to, to be able to be a doing this every day you know um but I think for me and that was the biggest thing you know kind of my time off really attributed to is developing an opinion right I think Mm -hmm. as a venture capitalist and this was what I was told on my first day too is like you're here to have an opinion um you're here to you know take information and develop an opinion like what do you think is exciting and and etc right and so Mm -hmm. I think having that kind of um, experiences that allow you to develop a voice and develop an opinion on a certain space or a certain sector. And where when you're having conversations with people you're interviewing with who are VCs, you can have like an intelligent conversation about like, hey, you know, this is like what I'm really excited about. And this is why. And these are the companies I've spoken to, you know, and I think like, that's what differentiates yourself, uh, differentiates you, right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think for me, like having that time off was really valuable, because it allowed me to develop that voice, you know, because I was every day I was reading, I was learning, I was meeting people. um, And I, I was figuring out like, you know, what my view of was you know exciting and what was next now going back to the you know kind of piece of like this being a very male dominated type industry um I think that investment banking was as well right and Mm -hmm. I think that that's never kind of stopped me um I think it's rather just wanted you know kind of like ignited like hey I want to change this um and if people like me you know kind of get scared away from these industries because they're super male dominated it's never going to change you know and it's it's almost like a responsibility that like if I have these opportunities to pursue them and then do things to help cultivate you know the change going forward and so that's that's an area I'm really really passionate about and you know I'm trying to do whatever I can to um help change that it's it's obviously you know there are some amazing organizations like always that are that are doing really great things to change this. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to do whatever I can to, to assist in that as well. Let's talk about that mission a little bit, like this you know, passion for moving the industry forward, you know, yeah. having more diversity and having more inclusion. So let's talk about that. How are you thinking about it? You know, maybe what are the main problems you guys are trying to solve? Yeah. And you know, what are some of the people that you want, uh, you know, to be part of that, I guess, uh, initiative? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I, there are so many statistics out there now that, that just show and it, it's mind boggling that, you know, people don't recognize this, but diversity increases, you know, profitability like that. That's like if you're looking at it in terms of business, like that's that's completely true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think for especially the venture capital industry where, we are providing capital to kind of the next wave of um, ideas and technologies, you know, and to not have diversity of perspective when that, you know, when we have so much power to, to kind of transform like what's next. Um, Mm-hmm. I, you know, like, I, I just, like, I'm really passionate that that needs to change, right? Because I think there needs to yeah. be more voices and opinions around the table 
to to understand like you know really like what is going to transform like society right going forward um and so i think it's an area that i'm i'm starting to recognize more of and i i'm trying to do what i can right i'm getting involved in organizations i'm i'm actively seeking out you know kind of female entrepreneurs and and you know talking to them and, and trying to create opportunities for them I'm trying to cultivate you know a network of junior women in BC right so we can support each other um because yeah. i think that It, it, it is a daunting kind of industry at times, um, you know, when you go to like a networking event and everyone's, you know, a guy and, and you don't necessarily yeah. have something to, to talk to. And, and you don't have a you don't have a partner name tag, so nobody's like yeah. you know, giving you the attention, attention right? or listening exactly, to your yeah. Exactly, and I, I think that a lot of this job, which I didn't realize before, is it's a very relationship heavy business, and mm-hmm. um, I think that if we can cultivate community to support each other i think that everyone kind of benefits from that and so you know just yeah. like taking some small steps and in, in creating opportunities for for us to to meet and to get to know each other and, and share you know deals and share things with each other so we can ultimately yeah. support more entrepreneurs of diverse backgrounds You're listening to Leader Stories. We'll be right back after a short break. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. And you know, when you think about you know the female VC community, when when you just like think about that tagline, it's very very small. Yeah. Uh, but the junior female VC community is probably larger, obviously a lot larger than the partner female yeah. VC community. So, and unfortunately, they're also they're not getting a platform. They're not getting a way to share ideas mm-hmm. and, and work together and 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 explore all these things. So I think this would be awesome. So, look, any of the listeners uh, who are uh, you know young, they're rising in the VC world, and male or female, yeah. but uh, you know, reach out to Maitri. Maitri, what's your Twitter handle? So <laughs> folks know. Uh, my first name Maitri underscore M. Got it. So yeah, so just reach out to me. I'll put it in the show notes as well. Um, and I think this is this is something big. And if you know someone who is a rising VC superstar, just like Maitri yeah. is, please connect us uh, so you know we can kind of move this uh, mission forward. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. So Maitri, you know, as we uh, you know come to kind of the close of the uh, podcast, and uh, again, our first podcast, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know our voices might not be perfect, but you know I'd love we we'd love feedback for you guys to say you guys you know sound like shit so we can improve it next yeah. time. But uh, I would love to, you know, uh, ask you a couple of, uh, you know, questions. Um, and one of the questions that I really want to ask you is the first time I met you was at UCLA and you always had that personality of giving back, yeah. right? And and giving back and mentoring others um, and just giving back to the community. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, one of the questions I have is a lot of times people find it hard in terms of finding time. Yeah. Uh, to give back so now you have a very busy schedule mm-hmm. with work and then also with this new initiative how do you you know how do you you know push yourself to find that time yeah I mean I think that it's something that's so so important to me I think that you know I didn't get here or even you know where I'd like to go without the support of you know people I look up to that have taken the time to to you know give me advice and I think that mm-hmm you know, I just am so thankful for all of the support and guidance I've gotten over the years that it would just, you know, 
it's my, frankly, my responsibility to be able to share that knowledge um, and just like be there for people that are maybe pursuing the same thing that I have or that are trying to figure out like what, you know, what they should pursue. And I think that um, it's something that I care so deeply about. And so I think, you know, going back to when we were talking about, you know, banking and founder made, like, I think if it's something you care about, you'll find time for it. Um, And so, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, it's just, I've been involved in, and am involved in several different organizations where I'm, you know, given that opportunity to be able to give back and and to mentor. And especially, I think, um, you know, I I really have an affinity to to girls that are in uh, high school and college, because I know Mm -hmm. how challenging that time is. And I, I know how much it was for me. And especially to, you know, going back to kind of the bigger picture where, I want to make these male-dominated industries less male-dominated. I want people to get encouraged yeah. to, to pursue them. Um, and I can't yeah. do that without, you know, connecting with, with girls who may be the future of, of these industries, right? And so it's very for important sure. to me, and, and I find the time for it. So, look, I asked you one question already in the rapid fire, so we'll do a little rapid oh, fire no. now. <laughs> Um, so, and, 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 and a quick five second answer. Okay. So I, you know, uh, got a time machine. I'll put you back in freshman year at UCLA, a uh, single piece of advice you'll give yourself knowing what you know now. Um, to embrace uncertainty and got just experience it. everything. Awesome. Now you're in senior year about to enter the world of corporate America. What advice do you give yourself? Don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> you're still learning. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy about that yeah. one. It is, it is so crucial. Yeah. Everybody at like, you know, at, at training at Morgan Stanley or whatever yeah. has a poker face because yeah. they think they're hot shit. Yeah. You're not. <laughs> None of us are. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So your first job after college, now you're, you know, third year investment banking, you know, your senior so analyst, basically, what advice would you give yourself giving looking back? Um, I'd say don't accept that, like, this is how it is. You know, I think you have the power to make things more efficient for yourself, pursue things you care about, like, you'll find the time. So don't just accept what it is right now. Awesome. Now, and this is a wild card question, you know, you fast forward, now you're 50 years old, uh-huh. you know, what are you most proud of? that you think you want to be most proud of? Um, the relationships that I've cultivated over the years. Um, you know, I think people are really important to me and I, I care a lot about the people that are in my life, my friends, my family, and um, I always want to be there for them. And I hope that, you know, they can always consider me to be, you know, just a phone call away. That is awesome. Mitch, you have some, one of the most beautiful stories uh, from leaders. I've known you long enough and we've uh been friends ever since yeah. so thank you for uh being on this show uh i'd love for you to come back again yeah, you know uh I'll, I'll, I'll invite you again but this is the first episode so i think it's awesome yeah. so while we end i'd love for you to tell me you know one other guest that you think we should have on the show that you really look up to and someone who could motivate and inspire young people that are, you know, rising and, and, you know, going through the early days of their career. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to, again, like, just thank you so much for having me. This is like super awesome initiative. I'm honored that I got to be, you know, the first guest. Um, answering your question. <laughs> you're always, you're always going to be my first guest. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, so answering your question, I think, um, I think Steve Liu, who's also part of the okay. leaders community, would be an amazing person. I think he's going through an amazing journey right now, um, you know, exploring and, and figuring out, you know, 
really pursuing his curiosities and figuring out what's next for him. Um, yeah. And I, I think he's been a great mentor to me over the years. And um, I, I just always think he has something great to say. So I always thought, I always thought Steve was younger than you. No, he's only <laughs> a few years older than me. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I'll definitely, I'll definitely ping yeah. Steve. So there you go. Steve's got a shout out. Yeah, so Steve, I'm uh, going to shoot you an email right after <laughs> this and we'll hear you about your story. <laughs> thanks so much, Maitri, everybody. Uh, Maitri Mirvana, thanks so much. And I uh, hope everybody enjoyed this. And if you have any questions or comments, uh, please reach out to us, especially reach out to Maitri. She's at, at Maitri underscore M on Twitter. And she's awesome. And uh, she's always willing to help. Uh, thanks, everyone. And uh, we'll chat soon. Well, there you have it, guys. Uh, Maitri Mirvana. You know, I absolutely love Maitri. She is, uh, you know, she's been uh, an awesome friend from, you know, day one. Um, and I think, like, you know, she's one of those folks that, when you meet her, you feel uh, that that's a genuine person who's truly willing to help, uh, truly willing to go out of the way to, you know, make your life better. Um, and, and she's done that for hundreds and hundreds of people out there. So, you know, I hope to get more of uh, more guests on this uh, podcast, similar to Maitri. Uh, so if you know someone and, um, and you want to get them on this podcast, uh, please tweet at us at LeadersGN. So that's at LeadersGN on Twitter. Uh, go to our Instagram. You can always DM us. Uh, the DMs come straight to me, so I can always uh, review them. Or you can email us at info at LeadersGN.com. So GN as in globalnetwork.com. Um, but yeah, thanks so much, guys. My name is Sherjan Hosseini, and I hope to see you again on the next uh, episode of Leader Stories. Have a great rest of the week. I'll be like, hey, Matri, how's it going? Good. Okay. okay cool. <laughs> Got All it. Right, Makes okay, sense. Okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> and no, I no. have a sore throat as well, so we're both in the same boat. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm literally oh, drinking. Okay. <clears throat> I'm literally drinking tea. But maybe it's a good thing. Maybe you have your radio voice. Maybe it's a good voice. thing. Maybe we're just like, oh, we have cool, raspy voices. Exactly. It's like radio voice today. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to NPR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>